Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that it is our life source. And uh, yeah, that today, it's really going to produce the work that you've sent it to produce. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! All right, so um, 2 Corinthians 5, you, you, we, we know, right? We know. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And uh, it's under the verse before that says, we have known Christ after the flesh, right? But we do not know him anymore in terms of the, of the flesh. Okay. So, oh, there it is, y'all. Yeah. We now know him no longer in terms of the, of the flesh. And he also says, we don't know any man according to that. All right. So, um, you got good teaching in school. There is past What's next? There is present, and then there is future. Come on, say past, present, future. And everybody's got a past, everybody's got a present, everybody's got a future. Christ has a past. Christ has a present. Christ has a future. The only difference is he says, I am that which was, which is, and which is to come. So he's like all of it, right? And, um, and in my time and our time, yeah, we need to, we need to, uh, we, we're dealing with a lot of things, you know, especially like uh, right now, what we preach all over the world, we're preaching identity. For example, who you are in Christ. Okay, so it's like a wrestle of like getting rid of what you were. And trying to remind the whole church, no, who are you in Christ? Amen? Do you know who you are in Christ? Come on, there's a saying that says, if the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. And so often we have this wrestle with the things we've done, what I've done, all the bad things I've done, um, all, the, yeah, uh, all the sins, all the mistakes that even that we make today, we need to know how to... How to filter them because that also forms a part of our past that is dead and that is gone. Amen. All right, so um, uh, so let's just think about that. There's past, there is present, and there is future. Even the way that the Lord worked with uh, Israel, taking them out of slavery into the desert. All right, into the promised land, taking you from something into something towards something. And I do believe that God, uh, He didn't just save you from your past for no purpose. And a lot of Christians don't grow. I don't know where, what kind of churches you've grown up in and, and where you've given your life to Jesus. But I remember when I was 14 years old, maybe for you it was the same, uh, we had guys that would do altar calls every Sunday. And at a certain time of my life where I knew that I was lost, I would give my life to Jesus every Sunday. 
<laughs> and like, you know, you give your life to Jesus, and then that's the Sunday night, and the Monday you go back to school, and you get into the same old habits, the same old routines. Come Sunday again, you're, you're convicted, and you're like, okay, Lord, this time it's for reals. And you give your life to Jesus, and you end up just repeating the same things. And we have to realize, like, you're saved. What now? Where are you going from now? What, what, is, what is your calling? What is your purpose? Yeah, that's a big one. And so the church doesn't mature because we just stay on this, on this flaky level of, you know, where do we go from here? I'm saved. You know, saved from what in the meantime? And where am I going? What am I doing? And part of it is like we've based our calling on just, all right, if I die, where am I going to go? Heaven or hell. So there's two locations that we'll end up going to. And I just need to make sure that my ticket is booked to the right place. And then we do what for the rest of our lives on earth? What do we do? Purposeless things. But God wants every step, your every step, to be full of purpose. Amen? So if you think that your life is just about the, the career you choose the work that you do on a daily basis, you're missing it. We have to interpret what our calling is through the lens of the cross, through the lens of the resurrection, what Jesus did for us, where is he taking us, and what does he want to accomplish here on earth? Amen? And we get to be part of that. Man, I choose to, I can't accept a doctrine that, uh, that doesn't give me uh, and my family a life and a purpose and a reason to live on earth. Amen. We were talking about, you know, like in our church, you'll hear us speak about revival a lot. And then to me, revival is the opposite of religion. Religion really, it, it takes the life out of what you're doing. You come to church and, and you fulfill your ritual or you give your tithe and then you're done. <laughs> And you don't understand why you're not happy in life. You don't understand why nothing is working. No, what you need is revival. Revival is the, is the spirit of life that comes and just breathes life into what you're doing. And then you discover, my goodness, this is why I'm here. Amen? You are called for more. Do you know that, church? Do you believe that, church? It's good news. <laughs> it's good news. Amen. Again, repeat that song that always comes up every now and then in our services. But there was a band a long time ago when I was a child, man, called Prophet. How many of you guys heard of Prophet? The band Prophet. <laughs> okay, so I'll just, I'll just, I might get the lyrics wrong because I've got the version in my head from when I was about nine or eight years old. Ek gloe my kerk, maar is harde werk, om my te verblij wat een wonderwerk. En hy sê, ek kan nie lach nie, ek het nie die kracht nie. En ek kan nie lach nie, want die mense sê, ek mag nie. Come on guys, the Lord, the Lord wants you to be full of life and full of joy. And I think we need to redefine what, what that looks like to us and um, I had a chat with a friend, like I'm going to be preaching in, in 
Pretoria this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. And he asked me, like, what do I think of revival? What is revival? And revival is, revival is when, like, life makes sense. When you wake up in the morning and it makes sense. I think a lot of people just exist. They don't live. And, and I think what, what the Lord wants to do is he wants to give you life. He didn't die to give you an existence. He didn't die so that you can say you were just here. He died so that you could have life and have life more abundantly, life to the full, life till it overflows, man. Come on, a revival looks like a happy family. A revival looks like, like a widow that, that's found purpose again. Come on, someone that's divorced, that, that thinks I've got no more purpose. Revival comes and sparks life in to that person again. That's what God wants to do. Revive, revive, revive. Amen? Amen. So anyway, so he says, if any man is in Christ, you are a new creation. Okay? The old has passed away. So I love that's a nice version for saying the old is dead. We say it's passed away. You know, it's gone. The old of you is gone. The new has come. So um, last week and the week before I was in Cape Town, I spoke about this, this place that we find ourselves in. It's like in the middle. It's like where you have walked away from, from your past and you're pursuing Christ. And it's that place where you occasionally get distracted. It's like um, how I compare it to is Peter stepping out of the boat again. I think the, the whole church should know the story very, very well by now. Peter steps out of the boat, walks on water, walks, walks away from, you know, like he was a fisherman by trade. He understood how the, the ocean works, how dangerous the things are. He steps out away from what he was. And now he is between his past and Jesus, his future, right? And so he was and he is. <laughs> and there is more. There is, there is to come. Because uh, 1 Corinthians 15, maybe we can read it. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to try and keep it interesting and exciting Oh, the word is always interested in exciting, eh? One Corinthians fifteen. Let's read. All right, uh, verse. Okay, let's let's put it in order, right? Uh, let's read from verse forty-five. In the Amplified Translation, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, I've heard people talk about the second Adam. There isn't a second Adam. There is a last Adam. There is no second Adam. There is a second man, which is Christ. But the, the, there was a last Adam. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit restoring the dead to life 
Okay, pause there. So um, I can't remember the guy's name, but powerful quote. He said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Amen. He didn't come to make you a good person, you know, with nice values and good manners. It will include that eventually. But he came to bring you life. Right. So then the next verse says, but it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. I'm going to go quick. The first man was from out of the earth. We know that was made of dust. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Now those who are made of dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly minded. Okay, what does the Bible say? We need to set our minds on things above and not on the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also those who are of heaven. There we go. Now let's just read this together. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we and let us bear the image of the man of heaven. Now if you just look at that verse, we have, can you guys see there's a past? Come on, look there. We have borne the image. Let's talk ten tenses today. We have borne the image. So that is your past. Okay? Then it says, so shall we let us bear the image of the man of heaven. Now that's future. That sounds like future. So where are we? Somewhere in the transition. <laughs> Somewhere in the change. Somewhere in the middle. I hope you relate to what I'm saying. Come on, let, let me explain what it means. That cry in your heart that knows, God, there is more. There has to be more in life. There has to be more. Um, I have to believe there's more than just getting up every day, the same routine. It's a cry in your heart that says there is more. There is more. There's a cry in your heart every time someone passes away from a, from a disease, a cancer, it hurts because you know there is more. And you know that it is God's heart to heal, to restore. And it's a cry in you saying, Lord Jesus, this is not right. That's what it is here in the middle. And so we've, we've put away our thinking of how it goes, you know, of the past. And then we've got this place here where it's like, man... Which is easier, to believe, like who said it? Nareka, help my unbelief. <laughs> Go back, swim back to the boat or keep walking to Jesus. And then there is Christ. And God is taking us, wants to take the church from that to this. To where we are no longer, our identity is found in Peter, but our identity is found in Christ Jesus. Amen. Wow. John chapter 1 says, As many as believed in him, he gave them the right to be called the sons of God or the children of God. As many people believe in Jesus, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you know what that means? It means you're a child, you're a son of God. It means you're born of God. Please, church, listen to me and let the reality of the words hit you hard. You are not just a human being. 
someone shared, uh, I don't know if it was my dad or someone, yeah. He said, and I thought it was so good, not everyone is a child of God. <laughs> not everyone is a child of God. <laughs> okay? They are children of God, and then they are children of men. And we need to realize that there is a difference between us and, and, and unbelievers. An unbeliever is not a child of God. The price that, that Jesus paid was the same for me as it was for them. But the one who believes is a child of God. And when you are a child of God, you are called for greater things, higher things. Amen. Okay. So there's this verse, Lord, Lord Jesus, help. Um, yeah. Let's, let's just quickly talk about, maybe let's talk about Exodus chapter 14. I don't know if I mentioned it. But this is, this is the time where Israel is called out of slavery, out of darkness. Now, this is, um, you can connect that with, uh, I just quoted it, Colossians chapter 1, where it says, God has translated us. He's taken us from the dominion of darkness and put us in the kingdom of his love or of his son, okay, of light, from dominion. So we had a time of slavery where we were walking around like, like, like zombies, <laughs> okay, like, uh, we didn't know what was going on. You know, like, I, I don't know how anybody, right now, once you've tasted and you've seen, you don't understand how you've ever been able to live without Jesus. I can't imagine a life without Jesus. Come on, you, you know this. I can't imagine what it's like to live without God. How do people do that? Like I give them some kind of credit because I've got no idea how you make it. Because once you've tasted and you see that the Lord is good, man, man, it's good. So now this is, this is incredible. So they walk away from slavery and they find themselves in the middle um, by the Red Sea, you know. And I, I love the story because they're like, what are we going to do now? What do we do now? There's only like a couple of million there, and Moses is between the sea and between Pharaoh's army in the middle. And so Moses is in a little bit of a pickle, and they ask Moses, what are we going to do? Because we're going to die. We, did God bring us out here just to die? Come on, Lord, have you taken me out here just to die? Have you ever said something like that? Lord, Why'd you send me to Kimberley? <laughs> but Moses says to them, stand. I, don't, I think this had to be chaos. Moses says to them, go read it. It's actually awesome in uh, Exodus chapter 14. It says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Okay, so everybody thinks, okay, let's stand. Let's stand. So God, Moses goes to God and says, what shall we do? God says, move forward. <laughs> so I suppose amongst all the millions of people, the last person in the room must have just got the message that said, we must stand and see. And then immediately God said, no, no, move forward. <laughs> Moses says, move forward, move forward, move forward, move forward. It's amazing how, and where? Move forward where? into the impossible, into the impossible. 
into the miraculous. Wow, man. And I love how in the old, God had to split the sea. But in the new, you can walk on the sea. In the old, God had to like get the obstacle out the way. In the new, he wants you to see that you, the obstacle isn't in the way. Nothing can stop Christ. So I want you to, to see something. Let's have a look at two scriptures, all right? We know that he is, he is, all right? He was, and he is to come. I am, I was, and there is a part of me that is to come. There is a part of you that's, that's yet to be revealed. But I think we need to get good perspective, clarity. Now, again, I want to just repeat myself. In Christ, you are a new creation. A new creation. You are a new creature. Come on, say, I am new. So from Christ's perspective... It's almost like the way that he spoke to Peter when Peter started sinking. He said, why did you doubt? Like from his point of view, he's like, you are so much, you are stronger than what you know. You are capable of more than what you know. Like all of us, we have this limit in our mind. And and Christ is like trying to break that limit. (laughs) All right. Please try and hear me, not from the point of a sermon. Try and hear, hear it from, take your limitations right now and look at them. Because, because Christ is trying to tell you, like, come on, man, there is no limit. Trust me, I know there's, there's limits. I've got limits too. But in Christ, there is no limit. So I have to put on the new man. And I have to renew myself. So let's, let's have a look quickly at 1 John Chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we read there. When you're there, I find the scripture that we opened up with a little bit tough because he says, We no longer know Christ after the flesh. And that seems to be the only thing that we know about Christ is after the flesh. Okay, what does that mean after the flesh? Jesus was born of a virgin Mary. The time between the birth and the death of Christ is Christ after the flesh. And now he's trying to say we no longer know him after the flesh. In the sense of because now he's no longer a son of man. He's now revealed Son of God by the resurrection of the dead. So he's not, that's why when I'm born again, I'm not, he is not the only born Son of God anymore. He's the firstborn Son of God. Because if he was the only, then I would have to be born of Mary to be like him. But now that he is born from the dead, I can take that nature by giving my life, dying with him, being raised to life. That's what baptism is, just by the way. And now I have his nature. Okay, is this okay? Is everyone with me? Okay, so 
now we're going to go, I'm taking you into our next verse. We no longer know Christ after the flesh. It's like it's all we know of Christ. <laughs> Come on. As he multiplied bread, he walked on water, okay, in the, in the revealed state of son of man. But now we no longer know anyone apart and according to the flesh. Imagine if we actually knew that he was, that, that you are raised to life again, that you are raised in Christ to life again. Is this too much? Can you handle this? Can we go into deeper, advanced teaching? So let's go to 1 John 4, verse 17. Is, I'm going to read it in two different translations, so you can line up the Passion Translation so long. In this union and communion with Him, with love, love is, excuse me, let's start over. In this union and communion with Him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Let's just pause there. As He is so are we in this world. doesn't say as he was. I am, which was, which is, and is to come. Then I want to ask you, church, what is he? Who is he? Most of our struggles in life is because we don't know who he is. Right now, there is a revelation of Christ towards, like, shining forth, beaming forth to you. And if we are only mindful of what happens on the boat, <laughs> and if I step out, we'll never get the revelation of who he is. And the point of knowing who he is, is there to propel you into a victorious incredible life. Lord Jesus, may this sermon not be a powerful cliche. May it prop propel us into a powerful life. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And that is why we preach over and over, church, look away from everything that will distract by looking to Jesus. By looking to Jesus. By looking to Jesus. As he is, so are, so are we in this world. And that's why, like John 14, he will, we will say something like, Hey, relax. You know what? I'm going away. And those who believe the works that I do, shall you do. But you know what? It gets better and greater works than these because I go to the Father. It is really good. It's like it's too much. It's, no, it's, it's too much for the natural man. It's too much for Adam, but it feels right with the mind of Christ. If you've got the Spirit of God in you, 
the Spirit of God in you is saying, yes. If you got the natural man, Adam, in you, he's shouting, blasphemy. He's shouting, you can't do it. And uh, that was, uh, you know, um, the problem that they had with Jesus was because he said he was the son of God. Not because of anything else. He said, you're, you're the son of God. Yeah. The enemy said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God. The temptation always comes to the sons. Yeah. Anyway, so I was thinking about this, this, uh, this place. Um, I find what I call in the middle. It's like a, a place between, between moving on and breaking through or going back into, um, back into my fear, back into my captivity, because I know my captivity. I'm, a, I'm familiar with my captivity. I understand how I work in my captivity. But the new thing that God is taking me requires me to put my captivity away. You know, how many times did the Israelites say, hey man, we had a lot better going for us when we were slaves. And God is trying to take you to a promise. A promise. None about you, but I want the promise. I want the promise. You want the promise. We want the promise. So Lord Jesus, take us to the promise. All right, so let's quickly page one page back. Oh, I didn't read it in the Passion Translation. Let's read this in the Passion Translation that we page back. <sighs> By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Everything that Jesus now is, victorious over death, seated in heavenly places, above all, you are like that releasing place in this world. You are like the, man, if somebody has an encounter with you when your eyes are on Jesus, it's like, it's like a gate to... Um, an extension of who Christ is right there. And I know that sounds hard to believe, but believe it. You know, often there's so many things. Um, how, how many people got scammed before? <laughs> how many people got scammed more than once? <laughs> Twice? Three times? <laughs> why, why was it a scam? It was too good to be true. This one is, is so good. But it is true. It is true. Okay, 1 John 3, let's quickly read there. <laughs> 1 John 3, verse, um, verse, verse 2. Can we quickly read in the King James? Okay, King James. Beloved. Okay, this is amplified. Okay, be loved. Don't you think it's a beautiful, the way John speaks to the people, he calls them beloved. Like every time he addresses them, he makes sure, guys, just be loved. This is in love. He says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. So when is that? Now. Come on, say it. Now. 
Okay, all creation, Romans 8, 19, is waiting for the appearing of the sons of God. But he says, guys, now are we the sons of God? Okay, because this is the, this is the thing. It's like, church, get your eyes on Jesus. If Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he would have kept on walking. But Peter's eyes did not remain on Jesus. Peter's eyes went to the wind and to the waves and went according to the natural man. But, but when the church's eyes are on Jesus, as he is, so are we in this world. So, beloved, now are we the sons of God. But I, what I love about this verse is it gives something else that's interesting. It does not appear what we shall be. So I was, I am, and there is an is to come, okay? Even for you, you, you was, say, I were. <laughs> Goodness, I mustn't do that to myself. I was, I am, and I am to come, okay? Or I are, <laughs> Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I think this is awesome. This is, this is awesome, because it's speaking about a transformation that is taking place. That is true who you already are in Christ Jesus, is you are the new creation. But there is a putting off of, of an old mentality, an old way of thinking, emotions and things that cling to us that are not from God. And it's like stepping out on, on water, looking to Jesus, understand that my revelation of Christ will directly impact my life. Because as he is now, so are we. But there's more. When he comes, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen? So the, the putting on of Christ is continually looking, continually digging in. And um, I refuse, I've said it before, but I refuse to have a watered-down gospel. I refuse to have a lukewarm a gospel where there is no power, where I cannot trust God to something, when, when something bad happens, and I'm tired of hearing, I'm sick of hearing that every time someone dies, it was God's will. Every time something happens, that was God's will. Or every time, no, there has to be a, a generation of people that lays hold of God's word that says, no, we're going to do something about it. We can do something about it. We can do something about it. Amen. <sighs> Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you. So that's why, partly why, um, partly why we have these prayer meetings on Monday. Like I just, I'm so hungry for Jesus. I'm so hungry for his presence. I can't, I can't. You know, you can have church and not have anything to do with God. It's weird. Um. But, but I'm asking the Lord just to breathe on us, breathe, breathe your spirit, breathe your breath on us, you know, revive our hopes, get our eyes on, on Jesus. Amen. So anyway, where were we? 1, 1 John 3, we read, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, and we begin to hit the 
the finish line. It's amazing if you read the book of Revelation. There's an encounter where John sees Jesus, sees angels, and he falls to his knees. And the words back to him was, stand. Stand. There is always a part of us, and that's why I think I said it this morning, that always feels we are not worthy. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. We are not enough. We are not enough. But God's message to the church is stand, stand, stand. A couple of years ago, we preached a sermon on, on putting on the full armor of God. Why would someone big give me his armor? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let Joshi come to church in my clothes. <laughs> Can you imagine Joshua coming to church wearing my clothes? Why do you think God gives you his armor? Because it fits. Come on. God gives you his armor because it fits. Your mentality just needs to change. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not, not saying that you're God, and I know my, my place. But if we, if, we, if we knew what God sees in us, I think we'd be shocked. We'd be shocked. All right. Let's close with this. Hebrews chapter 2. Um, and let's, let's read uh, from verse 5. All right, let's read it together. It was not to angels that God subjected the habitable world of the future of which we are speaking. It has been solemnly, earnestly said in a certain place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you graciously and helpfully care for, visit and look after him? For a little time, you have ranked him lower than and inferior to the angels. Now, we pause it there. Um, if you, I remember when we used to drive home from church when I was a kid. Uh, we used to get um, duties to open the gate. I don't know if you remember that, Mom, Dad. I remember at nighttime, I'd be so scared that there was going to be an angel <laughs> at the gate. <laughs> so we do it quickly and then just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think of a lot of people, a lot of people's idea of an angel is like, wow, bigger, higher, scarier. Now, if you look at this, it's speaking about man. God says, for a little time, for a portion of time, I've made him inferior to angels, lesser than angels. 
Come on, that's what it means. Inferior to angels. Then he says, you have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the work of your hands. Speaking about man. Now I'm telling you, this was speaking about one man. And we know who that one man is, right? Who's that one man? Jesus. So Jesus came, born of a virgin, for a little time, you have ranked him lower than the angels. Okay? Then he says, you have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the work of your hands. Next verse. You have put everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to who? Come on, say it. To who? To man. He left nothing outside of man's control. Come on, see it. Nothing is outside of control. But at present, now, now, in the middle, we don't yet see all things subject to him, to man. Okay? Next verse. But we are able to see Jesus. Wow. That is the thing. That is the important thing. Right now, in my own life, everything is chaotic. It just seems like nothing is in control. And God's design and God's heart is to put man in a position of authority, in a position of control, in a position where you subject and you do not become subject. But I don't see it, God. And Jesus says, why did you doubt? And the point is, right now, we are able to see Jesus, who was ranked lower than the angels for a little while, crowned with glory and honor because of his having suffered death, in order that by the grace of God to us sinners, he might experience death for every individual person. Woo, it's too much. It's awesome. Let's go to the next verse. For it was an act worthy of God, fitting to the divine nature, that he, for whose sake and by whom all things have their existence, in bringing many sons into glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect, should bring to maturity the human experience necessary to be perfectly equipped for his office as high priest, through suffering. Now, I want you to just quickly, um, if we go back to verse 9, verse 8, look at the last piece there. At present, we do not yet see all things subject. Then the next verse says, but we are able to see Jesus. You take it back again. I don't yet see all things subject, but I am able to see Jesus. Think about your position in the middle right now. Nothing seems to be like you're not getting anything. Okay, some things you get in control, like let's give us some credit, right? But the point is now in the state where I do consider the wind, where I do consider the waves, where it is scary, I do acknowledge that it is not in control. And I do see the boat, but I am able to see Jesus. And the point is right now in our lives is, church, can we press in for more? Like the things that I'm saying and suggesting, it sounds 
out of this mind, out of this world. It's, and again, I repeat myself, it is out of the natural man's mind. Can you turn your eyes on Jesus and believe for more? I don't care. Come on, Nareka shared that testimony. She goes to, to, a, to a, a shop and gives a word of God. Some people might get rejected and never do it again. Do it again. Do it again. As he is, so are we in this world. Go again. Go again. Come on, believe for more. So, so you had a promise of God about a child. My goodness, and you lost the child. Believe God's word and go. Believe for a child. Come on, whatever, whatever happened in the past, don't let that become your doctrine. Don't let the experience of swimming become your doctrine. I can't take, accept a gospel that is watered down. Jesus says in Revelation 2, is it 2? Either hot or cold. Make a choice. Be cold or be hot. Don't be in the middle. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to finish off that he might experience death for every individual person. Okay, he says, we do not yet see. So that means we will see. There is a day, there is a day where we will see. But why can't that day be today? Come on. Why can't the day be today? Why can't the miracle be today? In some cases, we've had, had, had to say goodbye to people that were sick and passed away. I've, I've done it. I've been there, and I've prayed for people, and I've seen them healed. But I've been there where I didn't see them healed. And then I take the scripture, and I say, I don't yet see all things. And it's okay. But that mustn't be my doctrine. My doctrine must be, I must believe there's more. Amen. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. Um, let's 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 just finish off this um, the scripture. Um, I wonder. Uh, maybe we can just read. Let's let's finish off with with Hebrews one, and just give you perspective of who Christ is. And so, so that we can see him. Hebrews 1, verse 2. In the last of these days, God has spoken to us in the person of a son. Don't you think that's just beautiful? The way that the, the writer puts it, like God has spoken to us in person. He didn't just send a letter. He didn't send a, a prophet. He sent us the person, son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and ages of time. Yeah, it's good. Next verse. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. We are able to see Jesus. He is the light being, the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. 
when he had by offering himself accomplished our our cleansing of sins and rinds of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. That's as he is, right? Carry on. Taking a place, listen to how beautiful this is. Taking a place and a rank which he himself became much superior to angels. <laughs> wow. Come on, for a little time he was lower, now he is far superior. And let me tell you, as he is, so are we in this world. But the point is, is to see him as he is. Come on, how many of you guys just feel frustrated with where you are in life? Come on, how many of you felt like, I believe for more? I don't know if, it, if this happens typically when you're in your mid-30s approaching a a midlife crisis, <laughs> and after you think you're going <laughs> to, after you think that you're going to conquer everything and the world is going to open, you, you figure out, wait, I had so much belief. I believed this was going to happen. Well, God says, believe. Get your hopes up. Amen. Come on, let's press in. Let's go. Let's, let's just... Give God the benefit of the doubt that his word is true. And everything that it says about us and about him is true. Don't read around the good stuff and just read the bad stuff. Stop listening to bad news. Listen to all the good news about who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Like we said this morning, he's worthy of it all, but you are worth it all. To him, you are worth it. Amen. And, and let's, let's press in for, for deeper, for bigger and childlike faith. Amen. Somewhere in your heart, you would have already said, from this word, you would have made an adjustment in perspective on what and how you're approaching things. Amen. Where's Andre? Did I deliver? <laughs> Was it okay? Okay. The guys told me because I didn't sing in the band, I had to... I had to deliver a big word today. <laughs> but I really believe, I, I, I really believe this is your portion. This is my portion. As a preacher, I'm not going to just give a, a, a word that, that makes you walk out and think that you are just a dot in this world. Because you are not a dot in this world. You're a, you're a, you're a child of God. And he will want you... Like, I don't care if you're a prodigal. The first thing God gives to a prodigal is a robe and a ring. And he says, you're mine, and you are, you are just as worthy because he made you worthy. You know you're not worthy, but he made you worthy. And it's time to wear it, to believe for more. Amen? It's good news. It's good news. It's good news. It's good news. That's what gospel is, is good news. If you've been hearing bad news, it's not gospel. Gospel is good news. Gave his, his son to save us, to give us an inheritance. Yeah, so Father, right now, Jesus, I look to you. I look to you. Like we heard, help my unbelief. Help me not doubt. Help me get up. Help me run my race. Help me. Help me put one foot in front today, one foot in front of the other, give you my benefit of the doubt, trust you, 
Thank you that we don't get to achieve it. But by believing it, we can walk in it. Lord, it's my heart. It's your heart. I know that your sons and daughters, your children, will be equipped with the Spirit of God. Their minds be full of you. Full of God. Full of your Spirit. That in essence, Lord, we are like you. We have the same DNA. Our past is gone. We are, we are new in Christ. We are brand new. We are brand new. Lord, we pray for everybody today that needs a brand new start. A brand new start at, in, in life and just believing. Lord, give them that brand new start. Give them brand new hope. Brand new faith. The ability to believe. Everybody, that ability. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, just breathe life. Revive us. Revive us. Take us, take us past existing. Take us to the intended life that you called, called us to believe. I want to live the life you called me to, to live, Lord. We want to live the lives you've called us to live. You've called us for more. We accept more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus, thank you. We can find ourselves in Christ. In Christ, not in Adam, not in Peter, not in our parents, not in the opinions of people, not in the words spoken over us by the negative, but we can find ourselves in Christ today. In Jesus' name, thank you, my Father. Amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.